I know a number of people who have had to bury their children. I have conducted funerals for many children and young people myself. And whenever I do, I am struck by the very thought that the parents of these children and young people must have. It's so wrong and unjust. A philosopher has said that peace is the time when sons bury fathers and war is the time when fathers bury sons. But we know that this latter happens not only in war times, but also during peace. And it is painful and unjust. Why does God do this? Why does he allow it to happen? If we assume that God is the Lord over life and death, then this question is absolutely justified. Why does God, the Lord over life and death, so often allow young people or even children die just in the beginning of their lives, while he sometimes delays the death of old people, many of whom have been longing to die for a long time. I fear that even though we ask this question several times over the course of our lives, we probably won't get an answer. Or rather, we get an answer, but it is different from what we expect. Because the only right answer is that God has his own reasons for doing what he does. And these reasons are mostly hidden from us. It is only natural that we grieve and sometimes even, even blame God when someone close to us, especially a young person or child, dies. The world known to us is limited to this life here. And it is understood that living here terrifies us and seems scary and wrong to us. Moreover, when it comes to a young person, death is in any case related to something that is wrong and unjust, be it an illness or accident. One is for sure. God does not want us to suffer. At the same time, however, we must remember that God works exactly as he sees fit for each person, even if all his decisions and actions are not understandable to us. God sees life and death, both our present life and 
the world to come in a very different way than we do. We know only this life here, but God also knows what happens to us when we die and in afterlife. The scriptures say that in God's hands are all our times, and that is our eternity. Therefore, the best we can do is trust in God and believe that his decisions and actions are always right and good, and they spring from his love to us. God is looking at us with the same love and mercy and compassion as Jesus looked at those with whom he met on his journeys, such as in the city of Nain, as we heard in today's gospel. There was a mother, a poor widow, who had lost her only son. It is hard to imagine a greater sorrow, a more unbearable pain than that which this grieving widow must have felt. All the more so because the death of her only son may have seemed to her like a personal punishment from God, since she was deprived not only of her heir, but also of her breadwinner. Why and how this young man died, we don't know. It would probably not be quite right to say that he had to die so that Jesus could show his divine power by resurrecting him. Jesus is God's son, and he undoubtedly has authority over both life and death. But he raised that young man from the dead, not only to show his power, but first to show compassion for his mother and for all mortal beings. By raising this young man, Jesus showed that he loves us and has come to destroy death and give us everlasting life. Jesus came and gave himself for all of us. He gave himself up to death so that we should not fear death anymore. He gave himself so that we should never doubt God's mercy and love again. Sometime later, John the Baptist, who was thrown into prison, sent his disciples to Jesus to ask him, Art thou he that should come, or look thee for another? Jesus answered them, Go your way and tell John, what things ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. We are those poor 
to whom the good news is preached. The good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All of us are the ones for whom the Son of God gave up his glory and became poor, giving himself so that we might have life through him and in him. Knowing this gives us the courage to put our hope entirely on God and to believe that even if his ways are incomprehensible to us, they are always right and good. When we consider what I said at the beginning of the sermon, that it is so painful and unfair when mothers and fathers have to bury their children, then I don't think there can be any consolation other than knowing that God loves us, cares about us, and never does anything to harm us. Even when we are in great pain and have a feeling that we have lost everything that is worth living for, we can know that God, our good and loving Father, sees things differently and has reserved such honor, glory, and joy in heaven for his beloved children that all the miseries, anxieties, and suffering of the present life pales next to it. St. Luke says so beautifully that when Jesus had raised the young man, he delivered him to his mother. That is, gave back to the grieving mother her only son. I am sure that if we trust in God and rely on him in all our pains and suffering, in grief and even in the face of death, then God will give us back all those we have lost through death. Our mothers and fathers, our brothers and sisters, our sons and daughters, all our beloved and dear ones. Believe me, they are not hopelessly lost. God, our Savior, the giver of life, keeps them in his loving heart. And one day we will meet again when all the former things have passed and there is no more grief, pain or death. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.